in our hands. Here we stand. I'm a teacher, I'm black, and I'm a man. Teach, mentor, volunteer. All right. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bar Exam. Um, my name is Quan Nellums, um, teacher, um, now uh, school counselor in the city of Detroit. Uh, we got some special guests. We got a special guest with us today. Uh, big homie um, uh, Rod Wallace couldn't make it today. So we got. Um, Legend in the city of Detroit, my man Ron Lee. Man, tell us who you are, man. Tell the people who you are. Uh, what up, though? Um, I am Ron Ironic Lee, or just Ronald Lee Jr. as the government. Um, I am a, a longtime music producer, MC. Um, but you know, that's 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 on the artistic side, but on the business side or the professional side, I'm a program coordinator for a local nonprofit that serves young people in the uh, Metro Detroit area. Um, and I also am a business coach. I help creators, whether young or old, I help them uh, focus on and understand the business side of their creativity so that they don't got to work a nine to five unless they want to. Indeed. Very important. All right, Cav, how about, how about it, Cav? What's up, everybody? Calvin Nellum from the Teach Simple Podcast. I'm just right. happy with the brothers. What's up? How y'all doing today? Solid man, um, Brent Smith, uh, hip hop uh, artist and educator in the city of Detroit, uh, ready to get into these lyrics. Yeah, man, you know, um, we were talking about uh, going on, going through a whole nother topic, and then you know, found out that you know, Marky D passed away. Man, now I got you know, Fat Boys. That was probably the first. That was the first. Hip hop tape, I think I bought man. I think I was probably around six or seven when they was really popping, and I was a real big fan of the Fat Boys. And uh, I remember when Buff died. Uh, was that in the nineties or early two thousand? I think that was early two thousand. Okay, yeah. So I remember when Buff passed. I was like, man, you know, that was. And then um, you know, Marky D passing away. Uh, I think about you know MF Doom just passed before. Um, the year, you know, we learned about his passing before uh, 2021 came. Um, you know, things that Boss is going through right now uh, with her with her health. Um, you know, Fife Dog passing away. Um, you know, so you know, we decided to kind of switch the focus to talk about health. You know, and just lyrics that kind of talk about health. I mean, uh, I found that as I was looking at lyrics and just looking at the stories of, of a lot of rappers and stuff, man, um, a lot of them, you know, as you know, as rappers are getting as rappers progressing, you know, the, the people who rap are getting older as well. So we think about the ones from the 90s, uh, you know, they're, they're pushing 50 or not in their 50s now. Um, you know, even some of the ones that was popping like in the early 2000s, um, they, they pushing 40 now. Um and a lot of them have made health changes. I think about, um, uh, well, here's another, I mean, Feral Monch. I remember Feral Monch for at first, you know, you know, Pudgy Dude organized confusion. And then, you know, he made the decision to change his, you know, it, it affected his whole rapping style. And I mean, just being able to the breath control and everything like that. Um, Busting Rhymes, he was just talking about the health issues he was having. He had to make some changes. Um, uh, 
Gucci Mane, you know, the changes he made, Rick Ross, you know, so health is definitely uh, a big, you know, uh, an issue, something that, you know, those who are in the mainstream kind of, you know, they deal with on a personal level. But, you know, you're looking at lyrics in which they they brought their personal journeys with health and they put it on, on wax. And so that's what we kind of talk about today and just how, you know, health impacts us. Like as as um, educators, you know, I was looking at one rapper, he was talking about how how hard it is to be healthy on tour because like you just, you know, you ain't got time and stuff like that. Right. I think about like a career as an educator, man. You think about um, anybody that works with kids is like, you know, your time, you don't have a lot of time. Like, I, you know, and when I was in the classroom, it was like the break that you do get, you really kind of don't have it because you're either maybe doing something for school or you helping some kids out or you helping out around the school, something like that. So you only might have time to get something quick that maybe sometimes may be unhealthy. And then you think about the, uh, <laughs> The school lunches have gotten better over the years, but you know, for often, oftentimes, I wasn't a, um, a a choice to get in, you know, as well. So you know, you definitely got to be uh, purposeful on being healthy when it definitely comes to eating. And then when you talk about working out, being able to find that time as well. So, uh, so yeah, man, we're gonna kick it off, man. What what lyrics we got that's, that's talking about health? Yeah, I, I wanted to to keep it homegrown uh, with the illustrious Slum Village and crew. Um, there's a joint off of uh, Dwelle's uh, project, Want Women World, okay. and a song called How I Deal, um, talking about that hard life. Uh, T3 says, It's all to deal with low credit and high stress. Wanna progress, can't afford to mob checks. Baby mama tripping, ain't seeing my aspect. Waiting at my job before I can get my next check. And, you know, when we talk about our health and we've had conversations uh, on the bar exam about, you know, this, this Superman mentality and not taking breaks and um, doing all of the things and running ourselves to the ground. Um, so not only is our physical health deteriorating, but our, our mental health um, and emotional relationships are, are fading as well. Um, I think it's really important to lift up the work that Slum Village has done um, after losing, you know, members of the group, uh, you know, Dilla, but then also um, Batin. Um, and I just want to highlight uh, and by Tian's passing, that um, an excerpt that um, Kari, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, Kari Kamani Turner wrote uh, upon his death in the in the Metro Times, he said that I fear that we we in hip hop, uh, we in the hip hop family are living too hard and killing ourselves in the process. We've become comfortable with our collective dysfunction. Hip hop, too, as an art, often feels like, as my brother Teferi Chaos Brent of Chaos and Maestro put it, like the valley of dry bones that Ezekiel had to contend with. We're in a severe spiritual depression that has chain reacted through our physical health, our concern for scholasticism, our diets, and our willingness to actively love one another. As a result, we are setting dangerous examples for the children we should be raising responsibly. Uh, so I just think about, you know, this, this act of hip hop and this art of hip hop and, and what, what are we speaking? 
Um, the young brother, uh, Juice World, you know, died a tragic death, uh, a young, a young person. So here we are. We have a range of hip hop artists that are passing that we're losing um, due to factors of, of not being able to sustain themselves or sustain a, a certain lifestyle. Um, so this is this is definitely uh, some I care about, you know, as a hip hop artist, as somebody who's been on tour and eaten terribly uh, yeah. while on tour. Um, you know, my wife told me that when I got back from tour, she didn't even recognize me from a physical uh, standpoint. I had a real wow. gross beard and hair was wild. I had gained weight from eating Subway every day. Um, mm. And I had to, to, to get That's back. the opposite as opposed to having a Subway, right? Right. <laughs> I'm eating fresh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nah, man. I think um, I think with that, man, so much is in that. Like, I, I like what you said—the the active hip hop and then the art of hip hop, man. Um, y'all remember that song from the Roots back in the day? What they do? Right. And, yeah. and it's yeah. like you know when you think about that, it's like you know, can you that act of that lifestyle? Uh, you know, that that's that's put out there, whether it's like doing drugs every day, drinking every day, partying every day, eating unhealthy every day, you know, what's going to happen to your health? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the fact that, you know, that act doesn't show like if you act this way, this is what's going to be the result. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so um, and I think a lot of times that, you know, for, for us who listen to it, who grew up in it, it's like you kind of you kind of try to mimic that stuff. I mean, I think about a lot of the things that I tried as a, as a teenager, I tried because I thought that, okay, this is what, you know, some of my favorite MCs are talking about. Um, and the thing is, is that, you know, to that, that whole, like I said, that whole act, it may not necessarily be real. And when you put it all on paper, then on top of that, trying to grind to get all that stuff, it's like, you got an unhealthy, uh, you're going to have an unhealthy result because of that. Yeah. No, like you said, that that whole I remember when um so you know, about ain't telling my age, but back in the nineties, you know, St. Oz, they had this whole campaign. They had these special brews. So yeah. they had the whole hip hop community doing like they they literally put out a mixtape. I had the mixtape. One of the young mm-hmm. ladies I went to high school with, um, she had her mother worked for the company, so they literally had these mixtapes in a high school promoting mm-hmm. St. Eyes, you know yeah, what I'm saying? So, yeah, you remember those, and those were some Dales were dangerous because they they were sweet. They were they were mm-hmm. St. Eyes special brews, so they were sweet. But it's alcohol. Like the first time I actually I ever threw up from from drinking an alcoholic beverage was me drinking some St. Eyes special brew. The first time that that I ever tried something um, was um, gin and juice because it was it was you know Snoop Dogg's gin and juice. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so hip hop definitely. You know, we we it's always been a part of the whole health conversation, whether it was unhealthy. And I think as as uh, Quan's bringing up, I think a lot of finding healthy, you know, what I'm saying healthy things. Um, I think is more rare than it possibly should be. But like you said, as we're getting older, you would hope that the culture would grow with it in some aspects, and you know, um, you'll start hearing more music promoting those things. We know, like you know, I know, like Styles P. Um, I know he has like a juice bar and things like that. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, people are becoming more health conscious, but once again, 
that stuff is kind of in the background opposed to the forefront. And the forefront is still those unhealthy things, you know what I'm saying, from from the, the things that we consume and even from the things that we do as far as the whole grinding and hustling mentality, you know what I'm saying? I think of Ace Hood, too, you know, somebody who uh, broke through in the industry, um, you know, off, off, off turn up, you know, um, with Lil Wayne and, and, and DJ Khaled, uh, hard lifestyle. You heard about that, you know, or, or lavish lifestyle. You heard about that. But when it came to uh, him making some decisions in his life, right, financially, or otherwise around his health, you know, him him promoting uh, uh, juice bars and supplements uh, that are natural, but not hearing anything about, you know, that transition or the fact that, you know, we got to do our, our due diligence and research to find out more how how he's been able to transition to a, to a better, healthy lifestyle. New mute, Kwan. Before we go forward, I want to um, introduce, we got uh, all the way from Toronto, we got my man Marcus um, uh, Singleton, or I am with Mariah joining us on the line, man. Uh, I am this man, you want to uh, introduce yourself to the people, man? Yeah, man, peace, peace. Uh, Marcus Singleton, originally from the south side of Chicago, yeah. uh, but I live in Toronto now, so uh, I'm currently uh, getting a PhD and social justice education, where my work is around critical hip hop pedagogy, um, literacy, and black studies. So yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. And can you tell us, man, how long how long did you spend? Uh, you know, how long have you been involved, like in education as well, man? Uh, uh well, I, it's been I, I would say twenty years, but in the span working with young people, I would say like like over twenty years. Uh-huh. But being an educator, I would say like seven to five years. Indeed. You know Indeed. I mean? Yeah, for sure. All right. Hey, my bad, Cal. I think you was about to say something. No, no, absolutely. No, thank you so much uh, for giving me the platform. Um, I think the key is like the the education, right? Um, one thing that Fonte said in uh, Cry No More, he said, Cole, I'm one snowflake away from an avalanche. My first teachers were masters of self-sabotage. And he's talking about like his, you know, his, his his people that he grew up with that taught him, you know, how to eat. Right. Taught him how to uh, talk to women, you know, taught him how to have swag. And even though those were lessons, a lot of those lessons weren't the most, uh, how can I say, constructive. Right. Because it's and especially when you talk about in the music industry. Right. In capitalism, there's a tremendous sense of urgency. Right. And it's always like a lot of work with a little bit of money. And I, I know y'all in the music industry, you know, we don't get paid a lot of money, you know, but we do a lot of work. We put in it's a lot of hours, but the, the return on investment is not a lot. And I think the, the hard part for men that women, I think, have a good grasp at is just understanding like when to let go. Right. So Erica Badu, somebody brought up like Jay Dilla. Right. I think of didn't you know. like that like relief of feeling like damn like you know it's a lot of shit i gotta do but you know maybe i could just take a break and she eventually just says like you know i'll even if i go off that path i'll find my way but i think as men we don't stop that reflection like we always just keep going and 
that kills us physically and I think spiritually. Yeah. I, I think that one of the things, um, you know, um, we got what, five guys on here and we, we're all married, right? Um, I think with three, three of us on here have children uh, of our own. But um, I think that's that's one of the things that help put you in perspective is, is when you think about, man, you know, um, I mean, going back to Buster Rhymes, the, the, what he, in his interview, when he talked about what opened his eyes to his health issues, it was his son. I think his son tweeted something like, yo, man, we got, I got to have you around here for your grandkids and stuff like that. So that aspect of having family, right. um, you know, something to live for, you know what I'm saying? And it don't necessarily have to be like, you know, you married or whatever, just like you got a purpose. And, you know, I think a lot of times when you I think that's why it's important for men to work with youth because they have, you know, they're pouring into something that they can see grow right before their eyes, you know. And so, um, you know, that's why I think, you know, every man needs to be a part of this lifestyle that, you know, he he is working with youth in, at some capacity. That needs to be the lifestyle. Like you can't I think that needs to be our rights of passage. Like, you know, you can't really say you're a man yet until you put in some work with the next generation. So, yeah. Um, no, go ahead. You about to say something? No, nah, I just say I love that idea. Yeah. But no, I was going to say. um how you kind of pointed out that whole, you know, married, and then you got you got some of us that have kids. Um, but you know, like women kind of bring that balance to men. So hip hop is really, if from a artistic standpoint, is like as they say, it's a young man's game. But that's why I say it's important to have older men and older women that are doing it because you can get a, a fuller scope. I mean, I, I think about when I was in my twenties, right? Um, though, you know, I, I, I came into the knowledge of myself and, you know, my, the knowledge of who I am in Christ, um, at an earlier age, but still, when I was, when I was young, when I was pursuing this, um, I was reckless. A lot of people was reckless. I made reckless decisions and that would reflect in, you know, what we were creating. So when you hear it, so when you hear it and you're seeing that, it's just, you got these young people points of views, but as you get older, like you said, the industry try to push out those who, who get a little bit older because. Once again, they they have a more complete thought. They have a more grasp and understanding of you know what's important and things like that. Um, and like I guess that stuff, quote unquote, doesn't sell, but it does. But you know, we know how the industry is. They you know all this other stuff sells, and and then you know they can get over on younger people because once again, and if we think about it, they brain not fully developed. So as you're thinking about health, it's like that prefrontal cortex ain't fully developed, so they're not even making wise decisions but these are the people that our kids are listening to um getting information from uh and that they're kind of trying to follow because oh that's cool i want to be like that like you said just looking back how we were like yo i want to be like that now we may have had a more balance back then but still when you look at it there's not a lot of like i said back to the lyrics lyrics that's dealing with healthy living and healthy lifestyles you know what i'm saying even the conscious rappers some of you look at some of their stuff like uh some of that stuff is lying. Nah, that's not that's not healthy. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, I wanna bring up some lyrics, man. This is uh actually two people. Um you, you mentioned uh Styles P and uh you know, just interviews I hear with him, man. He talks a lot about prevention now, you know, not necessarily like oh what you can do once you get sick, but sort of doing things so you won't get sick. And so, man, there's a uh uh, feature he was on with the Roots is a song called "Rising Down" off the 2008 uh, 
Roots album that was also called Rising Down. I'm an African American. They sell drugs in the hood, but the man he moved the medicine. He'll prescribe you all men for everything. A little stuffy nose, tell you get some clarity. And so he's, you know, and looking at his whole thing, like, he, you know, you look at his interviews, he he has a franchise of juice bars. I think Juice for Life, four of them in the in the um in the in New York, I, I believe. And so. You know, he does like a, he used to, I know they used to do like a little podcast where we, we they had a, the rappers come through and they just talk about it because not only is he a vegan, he's also does the juicing. He got um, uh, JD Kids down with it too. You know what I'm saying? He's like a, a business partner too, I believe. And so, um, you know, just hearing, just hearing him like, man, you know, preventing, he said, you know, you just can't have, he said, you go in the hood, you see, you can get all kind of, dangerous food dangerous products he said he wanted to put something in the hood that that brings life which was you know the juice for life bars and stuff and um you know and it was a and it was something that he said he said man i love material things that's one thing we know rap they talk about materialistic things um he said but you know i can't enjoy these material things if i'm not healthy he said i can have more fun with twenty dollars in good health than twenty thousand dollars in bad health and so I think that that was a, a, a great point um, that he brought up that kind of, um, you know, you know, brought that home is that that whole prevention thing. And then the next thing, um, you know, Royce the five nine right here from Detroit on the song on this 2020 album allegories is, is a song called uh, trick thinking that my health is not an issue till I'm sick. And by that point, you know, it's a, you know, it's a bigger issue than what it would have been if we, you know, had to, you know, doing the things to prevent the bad health. And so, you know, hearing these guys talk about prevention, I mean, that's, first of all, I think that's a mature way to look at it. Um, Styles P is like 46, uh, you know, uh, Royce is in his 40s. And so I think that has something to do with it, you know, as we all, like, I think all of us on here are, are 40s. And I know uh, Brent, I think we lost Brent, but Cal is, Cal is what, still in his 20s. Brent, early, uh, he's in his 30s. And so, you know, as we go through our, go to our geriatric ages, you know, one of the things that um, I think that's, that is important, like the, the older guys who still, who still are on top, you know, really kind of saying like, hey, you don't want to make those mistakes in your 20s that you suffer from when you get to your 40s, you know. Or when you get to your 30s, you know, uh, you want to make sure that you um, on. you want to make sure that you are making those those decisions, those, those pre- pre- preventable, those preventable things that we talked about. You know, whether it's you grinding yourself to, you know, you're not sleeping right or right. You, you're eating like, you know, just fast food every day. You're not drinking water. You're not. um no, you're not working out. You know, those are things that, you know, in your 20s, you can do it and it looks fun. But you start to see the the the, the horrible uh, repercussions of it in your 30s and in your 40s. So, yeah, no, listen, like like you said, that whole preventative, the first the first time I actually heard preventative stuff in regards to like the way we diet and eat um was from uh dead prayers on their let's get free album you know what i'm saying they had a song called get healthy i don't eat no meat no dairy no sweets only right vegetables fresh fruit and whole wheat i'm from the old school my household smell like soul food bro curry falafel barbecue tofu lentil soup is mental fruit and 
Ginger root is good hi, for hi, the hi, youths. Hi, hi, Fresh vegetable with them Italian stew. Sweet yam fries with the green hallelujah. Careful how you season and prepare your foods, cause you don't wanna lose vitamins and minerals, and that's the jewel. That's that. Just putting he was putting this up on so much game, and we wasn't. I, the average person wasn't even paying attention, but it's like, nah, like telling you, like, this is once again, this is how you, this is how you should eat. And, and doing so, like you said, those whole preventative things. And like I said, that was back in the 2000s when, when that came out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, just given the date to that, I think, um, Styles P, he, um, the, the song that he did, um, on that right, that, that I'm sorry, the juice bars journey. I think that started like in 03. So he was doing this, this stuff was in the works, and this was like in the back of their back of their mind and talking about this stuff. And you know, you know, hip hop has always been, you know, he talk about keep it real, keep it 100. You know what I'm saying? Um, I always wonder, like, you know, even when it's, I think, I think like Jay Z is vegan. Um, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of artists who are you know trying to prolong their life. I think Big Shine even said it. You know, if uh, on that Holy Key song. Everything fast at the full. Watch what we eating. If it add a couple years to our life, then we might go vegan. The ones who are living a healthy lifestyle, like I, I know they say it doesn't sell, but. I don't know. I just put out there. What, what are some of the other reasons you think that maybe, you know, they're not putting this stuff in their music? If, they, if we talk about keeping it real, why, why not put these type of things in, in, in your music? You know, um, you know, like you said, you had the St. Ives mixtape. You know what I'm saying? Is there, a, you know, is there a juicing mixtape? Is there a healthy eating mixtape? With all those, you know, these same, you know, it's like, uh, it, it, would, it, would it be hot enough? To, to pass out in schools at this, you know, at this time? I don't think so. I don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't think that would be worth the energy to try to put it. I, I don't think the kids will respond to that well. I just think, I think the messaging is important, right? So how you message it. So it may not be through a song, but it might just be through like a commercial or, I mean, honestly, man, we really just got to get it in the cafeterias, right? Because think about it. Like, our kids' school lunches is not exemplar, you know? And so we really just got to feed it to them, right? Give it to them. Uh, when I went to school in Northern Virginia compared to, like, Louisiana, the 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 what's the what's the name of the machine? The snack machines, right? The, the vending machine, yeah. Right? The snack machines went through, like, a change. Instead of it being like junk food, it had to be food with vitamins in it, right? Not, you know, I don't know any school. And that was a high school in Northern Virginia. And you can just get put $2 and get that, right? So that access, you have the education, you have probably parents trying to get that, you know? So that I, I think for the youth, that's how we got to get it. And then the rapping part just probably comes just like from the, because Earth Gang, didn't Earth Gang do something like that? Yeah, I, about like vegetables or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I got. I I definitely will look it up. Yeah, but, no, I, but I, I listen. I people aren't willing to take risks no more, right? I think that it could could be done, and I think it can be hot. 
Um, because it's all about values, all about people's philosophies and values. If we really value health, if we really value life, if we really value these things, I don't know why we can't put it in music and it still be dope. Like I say, I think we're thinking about it from a corny aspect, but it's like, nah, like, nah, this is, listen, if, if, if it's, if it's dope, it's dope. Dope music is dope music. Once again, yeah. it may, it may be a uphill battle, but I think if it's, once again, if it's something that's worth it, it's worth fighting for. I mean, I think about the one little song. I mean, it was, it was funny. And it was done. It was done satirically. Uh, but it was hilarious, but it's still in my head. Remember to read a book? Read a book. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. listen, that boy, it got regular play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember this in my head. Read a book and yeah. they say, your body, your body need water, so drink that S. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, For real. That was dope for the lyrics. So yeah. I think it can be done. Um, you know, don't don't get me started on my on my conspiracy theories. Yeah, but. yeah, it's capitalism. Uh, you know, mad mad money uh, put into marketing um, products of destruction. Um, you know, we don't have to look too far to see you know cannabis billboards <laughs> that mm. that that the messaging is church and baptism by fire, and it's like what what am I looking at right now? Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that. That's what the billboard was all about. I didn't. I thought it was. Oh, is that a new church or something? Like, oh, okay, break it down because I don't know. If you, I don't know what you're talking about. So there's a. I think it's on the lodge. Yeah. Um, going north, there's a uh, black uh, billboard uh, where somebody took out uh, buying that space for a period of time. That that reads church. And then, you know, if you do do the research, that is a new cannabis shop or or uh, experience or something. Cannabis uh, somebody is, is mass marketing. Um, and when we know, you know, uh, marijuana prohibition has been been crazy in the past decade and, and beyond. And, and people have, you know, uh, went to jail and prison. But now now that with this lift. You know, there's just I think these campaigns that that have money behind it. You know, St. Eyes cigarettes. You know, so these are the you know, this is what our mixtapes is competing against. Um, and I and I think yeah, I, I like Ron's strategy as if you know we we need to take more risks. Um, you know, with with some of our music making and marketing. Right. I mean, because yeah. that's the thing. It's like they. Pr- they're promoting the lifestyle that those other things like, okay, if you want this lifestyle, this is a part of this lifestyle. But once again, I don't know any happy drunks, right? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know any people that are living these lifestyles that they're promoting that really enjoy, you know what I'm saying, what they do. They have this appearance of being successful. But like you said, okay, if, if, I'm, if I'm leaving here early and I can't enjoy it, what's the purpose of doing it? Or... If I'm I'm ridiculously unhealthy, what's the purpose of doing it? So it's like we gotta promote it. Like no, like bro, like listen, I'm I'm loving my life being, uh, you know, eating this way. I'm loving my life. I drink water. You know what I'm saying? I just think we it's just like you said. They that stuff has a better marketing campaign. Like like you know what I'm saying? Like like Brent was saying, the marketing budgets are probably a little bit higher, and their marketing campaigns are a bit better. But when we comparing it as far as okay. What life you want to live is no question that the life that we trying to promote a healthy life outweighs an unhealthy life every time. But you know, 
that 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 marketing piece is key though right so if you want to get political right i think that's something that the democrats struggle with compared to like republicans right republicans they're like duh, 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 again right it's just like straight simple even though all they got to do is worry about being you know white and mad but their 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 messaging is really simple straight to the point right where on the democrats right it's 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 a lot of messages right um, you have people fighting for um, an issue, right, against Democrats, but because they don't know the actual knowledge, they're fighting against their own interests. But it's because the messaging is it's not getting to them. They don't they're not able to get that education and make that actual thought. Right. And uh, I think with that billboard example. Right. Because somebody said we're competing like that. We, we're competing with that. Right. But teachers are competing with that, too. Right. Everybody's competing with that. You know, a lot of people competing with that. Um, and so it, it's, it's so I, my, my, what I'm trying to say is all about the flow. Like we got to they got to sound. It has to sound like something that is catchy, that's simple. Right. And then I can still get that knowledge, you know. I mean, I think that's even a strategy with um, with teaching, you know, um, to I mean, you like you teach physics, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and to take something that that's seemingly very difficult to master, to understand and to be able to get students excited about, it. you know, what I'm saying. And we talk. I mean, you know, so that's one aspect of it, you know, reaching out to young people. But this concept of um, promoting something better. um it's not just something that kids, because we, you know, we all know people our age that's start, that's trying to be like the kids, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> they trying to be young and 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 doing the things that the you know the newest uh, rappers are talking about and stuff like that. So so even you know those who are in their second childhood in their forties, you know, they still need to be convinced of the importance of of being healthy and you know just thinking about. You know, some of our favorite, you know, MCs dropping dead because of unhealthy lifestyles or something like that. That's, you know, that's something that, you know, I would think that people would be like, oh, you know, hmm, let me see, you know, what can I do differently? But, um, you know, but definitely, yeah, I think that's something that across the spectrum, man, from 14 to 40 to 50, you know, you know, those messages because is that those messages drive the culture, unfortunately, unfortunately and unfortunately. <laughs> No, and, and you see, we've seen those messages drive the culture in unhealthy ways. Like, like you said, when when we was younger, like the whole pill popping thing, that wasn't man. What you you doing? What you know? What I'm saying? Yeah. It, it wasn't even you know. Nah, people smoke weed. That's different. But popping pills. But then I remember me working in you know what I'm saying me working with youth, and when that really hit the black community, like hold on, like y'all doing what? Like that's. That's the norm now. Like that's what what when when did that happen? But then you look at the what was going on in the coaching and the music and all that. That's you know what I'm saying. So yeah. So once again, it's just we need uh-huh. those. Or even when it came to the scissor and the liquid right. codeine and stuff. I know. I know, Cal. I know you from the from the from the New Orleans. Uh, but you know, I know that a lot of that stuff was pumped out of the South. Where it was like that lean that scissor, and um, you know, like I say, I remember when. You know, a student brought something to school, man. And I asked, like, dude, how did you find, what, what, how did you find out about it? He was like, 
it's what I listened to. He said it. I didn't, you know, he was like, yeah, I, I heard it in some lyrics, you know, so. But but that but that's what I said. What Fonte was saying, and um um, don't cr- no cries no more. He was saying like his teachers were 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 masters of self sabotage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you think about uh, Pimp C, right? You think of organized noise, organized mm-hmm. noise, right? That's what Dungeon Game. That's excuse me. That's Outcast. That's Dungeon Family. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to make sure I'm not saying the wrong stuff. <laughs> Goody Mob, Goody right? Mob um, is a part of that. Goody right. Mob. And yeah. then, and they one thing they talk about in their documentary is that they were very like into like uh, uh, psychedelics and drugs and stuff like that. And when you think about Future, right? Future is a cousin of them. Yeah. Uh, that's his cousin, the, the one of the producers, right? And so, right. Exactly. Right. And so think about like what organized did for y'all and what future did for us. But that same toxic self-sabotage is still present. Right. And it's so influential. But I think that's why J Cole is so amazing. Right. Because what he did with KOD, he took a future sound, but he changed the messaging and he's just like giving you, that's what I said. It's, it's, it's the, it's the messaging, right, man. I, I don't want to start rapping, but you already know what I'm talking about. Like, it's just, it, it's, it's the, one thing I would say, we need educators to make this happen, right? Yeah. So I look at J. Cole as an educator. I look at him as a teacher, someone that can take something and understand both sides and then create something to to propel a message or a campaign. Right. You know? yeah, like, like right. what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Ron. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, where you go? I, 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 uh, I was, I was going to say, like, I, and I'm this is just a little pushback. Like, one of the things that... Uh, I, one of the things that that bothers me about hip hop, the present hip hop, is that every other genre of music recognizes their elders, right? Like rock and roll, we recognize Rolling Stones, right? You think of reggae, everybody acknowledges Bob Marley. But one thing about hip hop is we don't acknowledge the elders that came before, like KRS One. Like I, to me, I don't see J Cole. As I, I yeah, I see I see him as more of a public intellect, but I don't see him as a teacher because some of his stuff is like he's still appeasing to the times as well. You know what I mean? Like to me, like we so thirsty for consciousness that we'll just grab whatever it is and be like, yeah, that's conscious, that's conscious, that's conscious, because consciousness is kind of like a bad word. Like I I watched this uh interview with Rhapsody and they was asking her, is like, do you consider yourself a conscious? a conscious artist and she was just like running away from the word like it's a bad word like even in that i feel like consciousness is a form of food right it's it's intellectual food it's a diet it's a certain diet that we given the people that's listening and i feel like jay cole sometimes and kendrick lamar and it's no disrespect to none of them brothers like I, i'm glad that they're out I, i'm glad that young people because i'm a date myself i come from the era where of the brand Nubians, the poor righteous teachers, where all they was about was like knowledge. Yeah, they was talking some a lot of the songs they were talking about getting skins and you know getting with women, but the, a lot of the messaging that they got was about reading books, educating yourself, being black, your black identity, your black consciousness, being aware. You know what I'm saying? Like in the interview with Wise Intelligent for Poor Righteous Teachers, he was saying that during those times with those groups that was on the radio, like Public Enemy, KRS-One, those artists, 
they had our people in a different mind frame. Like we wasn't going to the strip club. He was like, we was going to hear Farrakhan speak. Or we was wearing like historically black college and university sweaters during that time. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just feel like we're so starved for consciousness today that we'll just like every like anything that comes out that looks like consciousness, we'll just like gravitate toward to that. And again, this is no disrespect. This is my yeah. own critique. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like de- definitely KRS one, I consider him a teacher. Like uh I consider Rakim a teacher, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I definitely consider J. Cole, I feel like he's still growing. You know what I mean? Like, we like I, I had a, a co-worker tell me, like, she was like, I miss J. Cole when he was ratchet. And I was like, why? Because it seems like he's growing into a consciousness where he's gonna be one of those one of those leaders that's going to really be able to like grab the ears of the pe- of the young people of today. You know what I'm saying? And he has, and he, he does have the ear of the young people today, I, I believe, you know what I mean? So that's that. I, and, and push, please push back on me. If you feel like you don't agree, like that's just how, that's how I, that's how I'm thinking. About Go ahead, Ryan. I'll respond. Well, no, um, I was going to say that, you know, once again, it's, it's, it's about the audience, right? So, um, you know, for this generation, you know what I'm saying, they are what this generation, you know, needs. So, of course, you know, older generation may not, you know, may not receive and connect with it. But once again, like me being, you know, I'm a little bit younger than you, but, you know, we still from that similar generation. I can recognize and see, I see glimpses of like, okay, like, like and even listen, I even like the way that it was done. Like, so like I look at, like mentioning uh, a Kendrick, right? Um, how he has his song Swimming Pools. Now, at first glance, you think that, you know, he's promoting, you know what I'm saying, getting drunk, right? But when you listen to it, it's like, oh, no, he's not promoting it. He's telling you what was told to him and what was taught to him, but he's also showing you the results of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, he's taking it from a satirical approach, and that's kind of why I appreciate it, because what it did, it reminded me, of Ice Cube. I'm a big, anybody know me, I'm a big Ice Cube fan, like early Ice Cube work. So Ice Cube had, and once again, we're talking about health, right? So that uh, Swimming Pools, that was a very health conscious song where it's like, no, let me tell you, like, this is what I was told is to, you know, pull, pull, you know, pull up the liquor and drink it up, you know, pull up, drink, drink, you know what I'm saying? But this is, this is the result of that. So then when I think about Ice Cube, he had a song called, uh, he had a song called on uh, death certificate. So he had one song called Nappy Dugout, which was this very, very ratchet and foul talking about this, this promiscuous young lady. But he followed it up with a song talking about STDs. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, to, it was so genius. If you did not understand and know what was going on, you'd be like, what the heck? But then when you look at it from a satirical, um, you know, being satire, it was like, oh, snap. Like, he's saying this is the mentality that we have you know what I'm saying? With dealing with young women in our community that's promiscuous and loose and we being loose out here ourselves and then followed up with a song called Guess Who's Burning? You know what I'm mm. saying? So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so being able to, you know, like you said, sometimes the, the messages aren't as explicit as I think as we like or like you would like. Mm. Um, yeah. But they're they're being addressed in certain artists. And once again, I think it's still yeah. out balance. It's still, so I know what you're saying. You want yeah. more of that balance. Yeah. And it's out balance, but I I think it's it's a glimpse. I think they're giving a glimpse. But go yeah, ahead, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think of uh, J Cole actually admitting that 
emitting to that same criticism in uh, Let Nas Down, where he yeah. talked about how Nas hearing his like more mainstream music compared yes. to his more conscious stuff. He was like, nah, bro, I hate that shit. You know, he said, yeah. you, you said you the one. Why you make that shit? And then right. he was like, I can't believe I let Nas down. Right. right? <laughs> and, then, and then at the end, he's literally he said he said he said he was feuding with the dude that said hip hop was dead. I went to hell to resurrect it. How could you dare to respect it? I let Nas down. Right. And so yeah. I think the beauty of Kendrick and J. Cole is that they are like uh, vulnerable a lot in their humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are the best educators um, yes. because I feel that even though, you know, we got Farrakhan, right, and KRS-One, the, you know, the people on the block and in the strip club, they need that too, right? Yeah, um, sure, sure. And so you got to be able to speak to both ears. And that what, that swimming pool example was amazing. That like exact, that that's satirical, right? Trying to say something, but you're not trying to say it directly, but you're trying to say it indirectly. I think that is like, yeah, man, that was a great run. And, and yeah. that was a mainstream hit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was mm-hmm. a mainstream hit. But once again, if you listen, if you was listening, you like, hold on. Like, okay. I, like I said, I was, as a fan of the culture, I loved it because I was like, I see what you're doing, young man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't, I ain't that much older. I mean, I'm old enough, I guess, after my age. But yeah, when I, when I heard it, I was like, I see what you're doing. I love that. And, and before I stop talking, because I actually got to go, but Kendrick Lamar talks about that. He said that's why uh, Good Kid Mad City was his first album because he actually was going to do To Pimp a Butterfly. But he said that To Pimp a Butterfly was way too like controversial. But because he got that clout with uh, Good Kid Mad City, To Pimp a Butterfly, right? It's all, although all the songs are literally like what you just said. It's like him, it's, it's like expression, but he's teaching through his expression with his poetry and his his ability to just write. He's just an amazing writer. Um, but then he also says that he would never do to Pimp a Butterfly because of that, just that that huge dynamic. Um, so so yeah, man, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I would say, you know, I think I mean looking at hip hop, I think it is it's the the how can I put this? So you talk about the Willie Lynch um, letter, you know, although it may not have been an actual letter, the implications are definitely true. Mm-hmm. Um, you put old against young. Right. And, right. you know, I think that's what we see that happens in hip hop. Like you get the older guys who it comes off like I'm hating against these young cats, you know, and the young cats like, man, these old cats, these old heads hate. I ain't got no respect for them. You know, I think when we look at that situation that just happened with Cam Newton uh, with a young man. Uh, who was at his camp, you know, kind of kind of dissed him, you know. And I kind of, you know, as a teacher, I kind of looked at the situation. I was like, Cam didn't handle that right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he, he didn't really handle that right. But I don't know what happened before. If, if it's true that he just started kind of clowning Cam when he was walking past, if that's true, then that, that kind of goes to that, you know, this old, this young guy could have been like, yo, you know, what can I learn from you, man? You know, you might be what? 13, what, 12 seasons, 13 seasons, and he only missed six games, you know what I'm saying? And right. you know, he ascended to this level. Uh, and then, you know, then Cam coming back with, you know, I'm rich, though, I'm rich, you know, and it's like, ah, uh, you know, that's that's not going to, you know, it's right. not yeah, right. So, but, but then I think back to, you know, just the struggle that teachers have, you know, um, or, or could have was like, I'm trying to make 
education or make whatever you 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 teaching to kids, trying to make this look sexy, or I'm trying to make this look relevant. You know what I'm saying? They ain't feeling it. You know what I'm saying? If you find yourself in that situation. And then thirdly, you look at, you know, just with hip hop, like, um, you know, and the young and the old, but I, but it's all needed though. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. Cal said earlier that, you know, from the schools to the entertainers, to the, um, to the intellectuals, you know, all that have to work together to promote change. And that, Absolutely. that happened twice. Absolutely. That happened twice that, you know, in the, well, three times, you know, you first think about the Harlem Renaissance, yeah. You know, which you had everybody clicking together from the artists, the entertainers, yeah. Yeah. intellectuals, the teachers, you know. Yeah. Um, then you go to the 60s, the, the same thing, movie. movie. Um, what was that movie that just came out? Regina King directed. Oh, um, yeah. Like, uh, One Night in Miami. Yeah. And this is what Malcolm yeah. X is trying to, you know, he's trying to like, look, y'all, you know, you got the intellectuals, you got yeah. the, you know, you got the, the artists, you got the entertainers, you got the athletes all working mm-hmm. with the same message promoting change. And I look at the 60s, I'm looking like, you know, Motown was like the most pop you can get during that time. And they had to change their messaging. You know yeah, what I'm saying? To, sure. to, to be relevant to the times. And then I think the, the the time, the last time that we saw that happen is in our lifetime. I think it was like the, uh, the late 80s and the early 90s where you have, um, you know, the, um, the intellectuals, um, you had the uh, so like what with schools, and this is like the first time you had the um, the African centered school movement mm-hmm. at the elementary, at the um, you know, especially like in Detroit and Chicago, yeah. you had all that stuff going on at that level. Then you had the, the, the rappers and stuff like that, you know, the, the rappers talking about at that time, and then you had um, the, the movies, and the, you know, you think about school days, and you have. Um, yeah, do the right thing. Do the right thing. And world, you know, they all promote, promoting like you know some form of black positivity, and you see the you see what happens with that. You know, right. I think this is, the, this is the time where HBCUs, the growth of HBCUs, absolutely, absolutely. Like late '80s, early '90s, and stuff, and it's all because they were clicking at the same, you know, on the same yeah. board. But you, know, you you go now, we're not clicking at the same level. You know, like you said, I'm you know. Um, there's there's no respect for the older older guys, and right. then because of that, the older guys ain't got no respect for exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. but I do think there is it is necessary for for uh, us older in the generation of hip hop to call things out as we see it, um, mm-hmm. or call things whack or yeah. just <laughs> improper when we yeah. see it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if not, there, there is no modifying, there is no growth. Um, you know, when we talk about that type of demand, mm-hmm. you know, um, we're in a, we have an opportunity yeah, to demand more, um, or call out some of these young artists, like, Absolutely. you know, uh, ain't no future in your fronting. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's not really how you know your lifestyle is for real yeah Yeah. (laughs) um there's a lot of that right and um we are in a to 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 extend that timeline or bring that timeline into the present like you know we're on another wave of like shock value and like just doing like the awful things (laughs) um excuse me just to get some type of recognition or clout um, as as some of the young people talk about, and 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 then for those young people to call out other young people, yes. you know, we have we have that, 
you know, happening all at the same time. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate that timeline um, because I think right now we're in a crucial moment about how we define culture um, and how, how, how we can, um, yeah, just in, in, in improve uh, living conditions. You yes, know what I mean? Absolutely. We're talking about environments and cities that are designed to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think we we're in, we're at a great opportunity to define what what the culture is. Um, yeah. So I'm back on I'm back on Ron's point. Like you know, let's take those risks, creative risks. Um, mm. To say no, y'all should y'all should check out read a lot. You know, yeah. um, uh, with 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 uh, Mr. E, Mr. E, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but you know, I think I think that. Um, I don't. It, I, I think it depends on what you mean by calling them out, man. Because um, you know, just taking that situation with with Cam Newton, and as I know, as a teacher, you know, usually you lose the opportunity when you when you call somebody out publicly. When you, especially like say, you know, as a student, and you may call them out or embarrass him publicly or challenge him publicly. We lost them. You know what I'm saying? You know, now take them to the side. You know, right. kind of. You know. Um, Building that relationship, talking with them, things like that. I mean, that that's something that that can happen, that can definitely happen. Um, I think that uh, you know, on the, on the other side too, though, this stuff, this stuff is going to exist. But you know, I, I think about like one of my favorite people from the Harlem Renaissance is Paul Robeson, right? Paul Robeson, he did with back in the day, he made it possible for Muhammad Ali and Colin Kaepernick. To call out, you know, um, the government to call out racism to call out all that stuff, but he did it first and lost everything, right? Um, but we still talk about Paul Robeson, you know, his legacy, his school's named after him, the streets named after him, etc. But you know, Paul Robeson and Stephen Fetchett existed at the same time. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, right. Stephen was the first, uh, the first uh, million. Like millionaire in Hollywood, you know, and he died a miserable man. You know, the other guy, uh, I forget his Bert, I forget his last name. Bert uh, Williams. Is it Bert Williams? Yeah, he he uh, you know, he he died. I mean, people always talk about just how sad he was. He was a minister, but he's a he's just a sad dude, you know what I'm saying? Because I think because of him playing himself like that, but we don't hear anything about them. But during that time, it would have been, you know, they'd have been like, yo, I'm, I'm a millionaire, dog. I'm making money. Who are you? You know? And so I think to get that narrative, like, you're a millionaire now, but just look at look at the people that came before you and how, you know, you're going you're gonna to eventually come from that place that you are and nobody's going to remember you. You know, what are you going to leave behind? You know? And so, um, yeah. It starts at such an early age, too, you know. Um, I being in these virtual, you know, classrooms and seeing how young people are trying to make a connection. Um, I love how when, you know, a child or a kid might have like, you know, mad vision, right. Or saying, you know, like, I want to do this, this, you know, I want to paint the cat with the laser eyes and the horns, and the, you know, uh, rocket boots. And then, you know, a teacher responding in the, to that and, you know, just being like, oh, okay, okay, you know, so not giving it necessarily the energy or the attention that maybe that child is is trying to trying to bring out or trying to get. I kind of see the the comparison in hip hop 
you know, to your point, Quan, like how do we how do we how do we address it? How do we check it? Um, and sometimes it might be okay, uh, you know. Yeah, no, that like that, that that's a good point, bro. Because it's like, yeah, it has to. You want to address it, but I think like Quan is saying, we got to do it tactfully. Where it's like, okay. How do we call this stuff out? How do we address it? But address it to a point to where we're not losing. Because that's the thing. At the end of the day, if I'm communicating it, but it wasn't received, did I really do a good job communicating it? Right. It's like, no, I just said something, but I didn't communicate it. But if I'm trying to communicate it, I need to say it in a way to where the receiver is going to receive it so that we can you know, plant that seed or either water that seed. You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's we either doing one of two things. We either plant seeds or watering seeds. Yeah. Or, or, we digging up some seeds that was over. You know what I'm saying? Are we are we where we're we're making that ground infertile? So we got to recognize if once again if we being conscious, like about Mike Marcus was saying, um, we got to be conscious and aware of. Okay, I know my role, and I can I can either assist in something growing, or I can I can assist in something dying. So which one do I want to do? You know what I'm saying? Bible talks about speaking life, life and death, and the power of the tongue. So it's like okay. I'm going to speak life. But so in me speaking life, like you said, sometimes that is speaking the truth and love where it's like, nah, that's, that's whack. But how do I say it to where they can receive it? And then they can go and make the proper adjustments opposed to just like, ah, he hating. It's like, nah, like, nah, my man, he, he told me this, that, and the third, and I received that. I received that. And, and let me, let me go in and now let me make the proper tweaks and adjustments so that I can, you know, whatever. So I, I don't know how we got here, but that's dope. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then to your point, Ron, I think that's why uh, what Quan is doing with Lyricist Society is so important because he's mixing, he is like, he's knowledgeable about hip hop, but he's taking the young men and walking them through like how to understand like your voice, like your voice, this is a platform for your voice to be heard where you can create some change. And then not only create change through your voice, but you can like change how you are viewed by society. You know what I mean? That's anti-black. That may be against you. So I think, and 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 to that point too, I think when it's when we talk about how to speak into young people that may be into trap or maybe into drill, uh, to build those relationships, right? Because I feel like as black activists, one of my critiques about black activists is that they didn't necessarily like do discipleship well, you know what I mean? Like pouring into them and teaching them the things that you learn. Like, I mean, I don't want to date myself, but that's one of the things that I'm trying, I would love to find a young person that I can show them everything that I did and my writing process, my writing process and how I became an MC and pour into them so they can take it to the next level and take it way, you know, further than I could take it and then revamp it for this age and this day and age. And I think that's what Quan is doing with the work that he's doing with, um, with, with lyricist society. You know what I mean? It's, it has that aesthetic of true hip hop, but it's updated at the same time. It's up to date, you know? So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's, that's how I'm seeing it and thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. I think, uh, one of the things that we talked about, um, was that uh, before? It's like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people who have a background in hip hop um, that that are educators, man. <laughs> you know, when it, when we were doing the in demand songs, it was easy to find 
uh, people who met the criteria of being someone who's an educator who works with youth and who has a background in hip hop. And and I think I, I always wonder like what's the what's the connection? You know, is there is there some some underlying connection that um, those people who are involved in, in hip hop find their way their way to working with youth? You know, and so, um, you know, I think that hip hop does give us that opportunity to speak across generations, you know, because you tell anybody like, uh, hey, y'all want to make a write a song or you want to try to make a beat, you know, they're like, yeah, cool, we can do it because it's, it's still fresh and relevant, you know, and it's something that um, if you're 50 or if you're 15, you can connect on it, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, so I think it, it gives all kind of opportunities, um, just like we do on a bar exam. You can take a lyric and have a discussion about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that works with the kids too, man. You can take um you talk about hip hop therapy and hip hop pedagogy stuff like that. Like you can uh, you know, uh Austin Martin with um uh Rhymes with Reason, you know, taking just taking snippets of lyrics and you know, building a whole lesson around it, uh building vocabulary around it and things like that. And so again, I think we got a a bunch of material, you know, but but to be able to to to, to utilize it, to bring the best out of our kids, you know, using our music. And I think that's one of the things, even if the music is promoting negativity, it's something that you can really sit down and have an honest conversation about it. Like, you know, such and such said this, what do you think about that? You know what I'm saying? And just see how that, you know, opens up the conversation. I know a lot of times, especially doing virtual learning, a lot of teachers complain, like the students, not in, they're not into it. They don't like it. They're not involved, you know. I guarantee you, if you throw some lyrics out there and ask what they think about it, you're going to get some people chiming in. <laughs> no. I, I just did a talk for a group of kids, man. I had them on on on, on a call, on a Zoom call for two and a half hours, man. Wow. Because we was talking about hip-hop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They was like, man, we really ain't here talking about hip-hop. Like, they was engaged. And the teacher was like, man, I, she was like asking me, like, how did you do that? What Like, what did you do? Because... I teach these kids every day and 30 minutes in, they keep asking me about recess or when break is happening. She was like, you had them on there for like two and a half hours. Like just letting them talk, give them that space to speak. Like we were in conversation. We was having dialogue. It wasn't me like just talking at them. I was giving them space to speak. I'm like, are you doing that? No, I just like, yeah, like it's hip hop is reciprocal. You know what I mean? It's not just like you Mm -hmm. talking it's like give the kid the space to push back. Like if you teach a history, if you, you know, saying something, it's harder to do with science and math. Right. But with like English and with history, allow your students to have some pushback. You know what I mean? Like, I don't agree with that. His historic, what that, that history right there. Okay. Why don't you agree with that and have that dialogue? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's, that's missing in education, especially for students of color. We can't just sit there like Paulo Frere said with the bank method but we just sitting there and taking information. Then you give me a test to regurgitate the information. No, nah, man, it has to be a give and take when, yeah. when you're dealing with our, when I, when you're dealing with our kids, you know what I mean? Yeah, any kids, man. Yeah, um, any kid, absolutely. Any kid. Yeah. Hey, I, I mentioned that that group that I talked to was predominantly white. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first time I ever did a group talking about hip hop with white kids. I was like, <laughs> yo, this is crazy. I, I, I'm saying. It's, it's a common it's a common language that, you know, goes across, like, you know what I'm saying? You can really sit, I mean, because hip hop is such a wordy um, art form, you know, you got 
so many words you say in a second that you can just pull from. Like, all right, we can talk about every topic. I, I can, you know, I taught history for 15 years. Every single topic in history, I can relate it back to um, some type of uh, song or something, you know, or, uh, or the background of the song or something like that. Um, I wanted to, uh, we, we had our, <laughs> speaking of two hours, we had our uh, our hour mark, man. We usually try to keep it like 55 minutes to an hour, but I want to give you a chance, Marcus, man. Uh, you know, the topic topic was health, and I think that that's one of the things, to be able to have that conversation about health. I think um, that's one of the things that I think that's that hip-hop can do. It can facilitate that conversation, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I wanted to ask you, man, do you you have any lyrics to share uh, that you look for? help, man. <laughs> My brother Akbar, I'm not gonna say the whole rhyme, but I don't drink milk that produces phlegm. I don't care if it's low fat or even skim. And this is the way we stay fit on trim. So you don't ever off me die in a hit the gym. I don't eat spam or green eggs and ham. I like the whole wheat toast with the strawberry jam. That's the type of man that I am. I eat the food that grows up from the land. The rice, the beans, the wheat, the corn, and the yam. So I don't need approval from Uncle Sam. Cause what God made, no man could brand. But there's still a few things that you don't understand. That's like one of my favorite joints, man. That's like one of my workout songs, man. Yeah, man. Hey, hey and, and that's and the crazy thing about it is that that's he gives you within 30 seconds, he gives you a whole lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I think um, Ron did uh, mention that um, Dead Prez. It was yes. a short time, you know, and, yep. and whether you're talking to kids or if you're talking to uh, adults, you know, that, that helps facilitate a conversation. A lot of times, um, change comes off of a conversation, man. Absolutely. You know, and especially if you're talking with kids, like, I don't care if you're in the trap or if you're in the boom bap. People recognize literally, you know what I'm saying? I've seen kids like, yo, you know, I, I you know, I, I'll say something sometimes and just try to put something together nice. And they're like, oh, you know, you, got you know, they'll listen to, you know, any people recognize when you put, um, <laughs> I don't want to get out, you know, this is the, the, the aesthetics of how, just like if, if something, if something is colored good or the color combinations, like if the aesthetics are there, people go like, oh, that, that was sweet. You know what I'm saying? And that can, um, help you to facilitate facilitate those conversations. So and since we are since we all work with you, I mean, uh, I, I saw a guy uh, um, with, with swag. You know, the kids went. Um, he was, you know, he was he he, uh, he was on TikTok. Whatever the kids found him on TikTok, and they came back like, "Yo, I'm in love with your song, man." You know, and these are eighth graders and seventh and sixth graders, and this guy, uh, you know, uh, J JP. Uh, he, 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 I mean, he, he's like boom bap, you know what I'm saying? And it was like, yo, I love that song. They was like straight fans off of, you know, I think because they had a relationship with him. But secondly, you know, it, 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 it just, the aesthetics of it was good, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that relationship key, that, that relationship piece is key. Um, yeah. and I say, if you have a relationship and a rapport that'll open up doors that, wouldn't necessarily happen. So, like, yeah, I, I agree with that, Mr. Uh, Mr. Nellums, in regards to that, um, you know, with that piece. So, hey, yo, we, we had our time. I want to keep people over the time, man, and we can talk forever. And, you know, just especially being on a – being in co communication with good brothers and brothers I haven't, you know, been able to sit face-to-face uh, -face with, you know, it was good to see everybody. But, hey, anybody got any last parting comments? 
Yeah, I need that. Uh, I need that that track or that song in the chat, or you know. <laughs> I got. I, I, yeah, appreciate it. No, I'm yeah, there. we go. We gonna put all the lyrics up. You know, I I took that idea from you, Brent. Man, it works. It works perfectly, man. By putting the lyrics in the song behind, you know what we're talking about. So, yeah. No, no, no. I ain't got the last words. This is good night. Thank you for having me. I'm glad I could fill in for uh for Waters the second time I filled in for him. So you know, anytime, yeah. any any anytime, man. I'm I I love it. I love I love chopping with my with my brothers, and I love um, you know, talking about hip hop as well. So, yeah. you know. It's all good. All right. All right. So, Mark, man, you got anything? Uh, no, nah, man. I'm just sorry. I, I I was I was in between two places. I was in between class and and here. But man, I really appreciate this conversation. Thanks, Quan, for inviting me. Uh, yeah. man, it was a great conversation. It helps me think more about my work, right? So yeah. I really appreciate y'all, man. My wife was like, who's the closest to you besides Ron in Detroit? I was like, yeah, that'd be Quan. <laughs> so I appreciate y'all, brothers, man. And now you, Brent, I met another brother, you know what I'm saying, from the D. So, uh, yeah. man, I really appreciate this, man. Thanks for the platform, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, I appreciate you, man. To our Lyricist Society, when we when we came out your way, man, you opened up your yeah. home, man. I don't know if you recognize how much that did for them, man. They was really they was pleased with that, man. The kids that, that couldn't come, they were mad, mad. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but y'all no. gotta come back, man. My wife yeah, yeah, won't coming back. Y'all gotta Yeah, once everything back, lifted, man. man, we definitely we definitely gotta come back. That was a great experience for them, man. That's what's uh, up. That's what's yeah. up. Yeah, man. Bring them back. Yep, yeah. yeah. and I, I just want to say, you know, um, you know, in demand we do ex- in demand, we do exist to connect um, black men with opportunities to uh, be educators, mentors, and volunteers. So, you know, just like we talked about earlier, you know, it should be a part of uh, every black man's lifestyle that uh, in some type of way, uh, before you can call yourself a a, a full man, uh, a comprehensive man that you spent some time uh, working with the next generation. And so if you're interested in, and being involved, you know, go to imindemand.com, uh, sign up, and we'll connect you with those opportunities to be a mentor, volunteer, or if you want to take that uh, that route of becoming an educator, we can set you up and get you on that path. So, hey, thank you guys, and you know, next time we see you on the on the on the uh, bar exam. <laughs> Sunrise.